Welcome back, everyone, to Psy, episode 13 of Psy of the Storm. My name is Evan Westling, and I'm joined alongside my co-host, Mr. Brandon Ness. And we are here for another difficult recap. Um, basically, an instant reaction. We spent a little bit of time uh, listen, listening to Cyclone Reaction with Chris Williams and Jack Whitfer. Um, actually got on the Colin show, so I kind of... That, 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 that started the talk. Um, but I think we're both kind of in the mindset where... Let, let's talk about this game and move on. Yeah, absolutely. This is, and that's the mentality of both fans and in the locker room right now is yeah. you don't get a break until two weeks from now. Until I mean, your bye week. Right. So it's just next man up. And I guess at this point you're looking forward to Texas and there's a lot of glaring, obvious mistakes that need to be fixed up sooner rather than later or you're looking at a losing season. Yeah. Um, well, I think for today we need to uh, talk about the positive first once again. If you guys listen to the Kansas reaction, it's basically going to be um, the same thing. Uh, we're starting it off with the team or the unit that has now handed this football program two wins back-to-back weeks. The defense, an absolute masterclass performance once again I mean you can point out maybe a couple plays all night long but it's it's the same situation Martinez had 19 carries for 77 yards and Deuce Vaughn had 10 carries for 23 yards if you told me that that the two of those guys combined for 100 yards on almost 30 carries I would have told you Iowa State won the ball game yep and that's their entire offense and we stopped it that was the game plan going in we stopped it other than two plays the whole game they didn't really have a ton going for them and obviously one play was just a huge miss sack that can't happen in big 12 play halfway through the season and the other one was a great play by anthony johnson on the back end that's where that experience comes in and knowing that play isn't over even if he's at the five yard line so obviously those two players are kind of just they cancel each other out because they're both flukes one by the other team yeah so i mean Overall, the defense stepped up and gave the offense every chance it could possibly need to put the game away and obviously can't get in the end zone and really can't get past midfield the whole second half. Yeah. Um, sorry, I'm kind of multitasking. I'm looking through Twitter at the same time. We'll, we'll include some of this stuff. I've got, I've got some content right now to uh, we'll throw in later. But, yeah, I mean, I, I just like, you know, Big, I think we were waiting for Will McDonald to appear. Not to say that he hasn't appeared in other ways, but I guess in the sack game. Two big sacks. Um, Reader with a sack. He should have had two. Um, he needs to have two. Yeah, I guess I guess we can talk about that play. Um, uh, you can almost say that that touchdown kind of cancels out with Malik Knowles, which should have been a touchdown. Absolutely. I mean... You have a play where Reader had Adrian Martinez absolutely dead to rights. And it felt like, again, I haven't seen this play again since, like, in real time at the game. But from what I remember, it felt like Martinez was just kind of prepared to go down. Uh, and Reader just biffed it. Uh, but then also, you know, Tampa needs to make that tackle also on the back end. Um, so that's just a really crappy play. You would have had a three and out first drive. And uh, instead, it results in... I wouldn't say the reason you lose the game because your defense was amazing. Um, but, no, I think, you know, 
that's a play that shouldn't have been a touchdown. And then at the same time, like, I don't know why Malik Knowles slowed down. And like you, I mean, you just said this, but credit to um, Anthony Johnson for being able to hustle and, you know, get that ball out. I mean, he literally got it right at the one. So great job by him. I know Brandon's pulling up that player real quick, so and he'll watch it. So I'll stall for a little bit. Yeah, Martinez kind of stepped up. I wouldn't say he went down. Yeah. And that's a play you got to make, especially Reuter is in his fifth, sixth year college football. I don't know. He's been playing for a while. It doesn't matter if you're playing in in the FCS. You've been playing college football for this long. Yeah, so obviously. And then Tampa also made a really – Poor attempt there, but that's really the first bad play Tampa's made all year. So I mean, yeah. it's hard to fault him. Readers has has had his issues here and there, so it just kind of is what it is. It cancels out the other touchdown, and I'm not gonna sit here and say the defense has an issue in stopping big plays because it's two plays over six games now. Yeah. So it's not like a huge issue, and obviously you got kind of a similar game plan next week, so it's just kind of. Figure out the few mistakes you got on defense and move on. But obviously, that's one of the few positives coming out of this game is just the defensive unit as a whole. And we finally were getting pressure when we needed it. So mm-hmm. I guess that was good to see. And linebacker stepped up where I didn't think they were going to. You didn't see Bo Freiler making every single tackle on a run game. No, I mean there was one play. I think it was a screen to Deuce, and Reader made a, basically almost a touchdown saving tackle. I don't know if we have a corner or safety <laughs> corner or safety that was going to track down deuce yeah i don't and he really stepped up after probably the first quarter yeah he made a couple mistakes early on but he i don't know the whole linebacking crew is just a big change from last year you got a lot younger in depth wise your starters are still senior fifth year so i mean you've like i think like i don't know like it's hard like you have a really experienced core in terms of, like, years, but if we're talking... I mean, Colby Reader has played a lot of college football. He hasn't played FBS college football, which is where that's a little different. And, you know, Vaughn's had his games. Like, he got some action last uh, year when Vance was hurt for a couple games, and he <laughs> he played in the bowl game for Mike when uh, Rose sat out that game. But uh, I don't know. I just... I. I it feels a little bit like it's not that Gary's played bad. I don't know. It just they're not Mike Rose and they're not Jake Hummel. They got big shoes to fill, so it's not you're never gonna completely imitate that. It's just be yourself, but at the same time, every team is running the same thing against you. So you got to look at film and see. Okay, everybody's just trying to spread us out in the run game. Nobody's running up the middle, mm-hmm. unless it's a quarterback run when you have an extra blocker and you're running back. So. Uh, there's not a whole lot to pick apart from the defense, and it's easy to do that in a loss, so I'm not going to try to do that too much. But I mean, they played incredible once again, so you correct. can't really say a whole lot. You held them to 10 points, and you held Kansas to 14. Yeah. 14, so, I mean. You held Kansas, who put up 31 today on TCU, um, and K-State put up 41 against Oklahoma, and then I think 38 last week. So you've had some two pretty good offenses and you've absolutely just owned both of them. So I like you can't if if you're I, if you're Matt Campbell, if you're a, I mean fans player, you can't ask anything more of this defense. They have put you in a spot to be five and one. The only time, and they didn't 
they didn't they weren't like the sole reason we lost to Baylor. That was just kind of all around a not a very good offensive performance. The defense wasn't great. Um, it looked like our first game playing a real team. Yeah. So uh, that was more of an outlier. Look, it was. Game. Yeah. And I don't know. Every th- everything on the defense is solid enough to win you games. So it's just really you gotta at least become average on offense. Yeah. Um. But no, one thing I want to point out before we move on from the defense, Martinez had 246 yards passing. Um, 100, 149 of the 246 was on the two bombs. And, again, Reader has to make that tackle, and that play doesn't happen. Um, and if the D-line, because the play to Knowles, which is the one where Anthony Johnson popped it out at the one, the only reason that ball is even there is because that felt like like Martinez had like eight seconds, like probably more like five, but that's an eternity back there. I mean, that's a coverage thing. Like the here, Brandon's pulling up right now. There is zero pressure. He threw it at what five or six? Five or six seconds in the pocket, and we rushed five guys. If you're blitzing, you got to get there. Yeah, well, and it's it's like you know. Someone's going to get open on that back end when you have that much time in the pocket. Like, they even spied Will, which I don't necessarily get on a third and ten in a true passing situation, but whatever. Uh, either way, uh, just he would have had just under 100 yards uh, in terms of passing. You take those two plays away. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, you held their, your, their, their two carriers to exactly 100 yards on 29 carries, and you take away those two bombs, and Martinez has 97 yards through the air. so And no touchdowns. So uh, you can't ask anything more to the defense. Uh, I don't know. It's going to lead into a later conversation about what the locker room looks like. Yeah. Because I think at a certain point, you start looking at each other and saying, okay, well, we've done everything possible. And yet we're zero three in conference. Yeah. Um, well, there is one unit that we can honestly say was really solid tonight. Um, special teams. Everyone give a round of applause for Jace Gilbert. I mean, seriously, I talk think we're about agree on the MVP today. Yeah, it's Jace. It's not even a question. I mean, you want to talk about? That's probably one of, in terms of like mentally, like for himself, that's probably one of the worst. Like I don't know his personal life, but. In terms of a football life, like that's probably the worst week he's ever had in his life. Yeah, that's a really tough situation, and as a true freshman to come back from that and go three for three tonight. Yeah, I don't and know. None of his field goals were like chip shots either. They were no. all thirty plus. I don't know if he'll pull up. I don't think he'll. Uh, well, I can I can pull up scoring plays. Give me one second, guys. Play by play scoring plays. Okay, so Gilbert hit a thirty-five. A 44 and a 43. So, I mean, those last two were legit, you know. Long field goals, and I can speak for everybody in the stands today that that first field goal he was walking on, everybody was like, oh, boy, here we go, here we go again. And but I was, was like, you got to give him a little, like, at the end of the day, he was a true freshman. And, like, can, like, I don't think, like, if you, like, take a step back and, like, just think about what that game is like if that first one sneaks in, right, and it doesn't. It, it, like it, if if it just barely sneaks in, it doesn't hit the upright. You know what I'm saying? It's a completely different situation, at least mentally. Yeah. I mean, if that sneaks in, then you're not completely in your head. No. I mean, it's different for everybody, but and then especially if you're one of two, 
instead of 0 and 2, or yeah. whatever it was, 1 and 3, then that completely changes the third kick, and you're not trying to overcompensate so much that you're just absolutely botched the last kick. And obviously, he was really solid today, and special teams as a whole was super solid. There was only really one minor mistake on a kickoff that bounced back at the one, and it's just kind of okay. Yeah. Whatever. It is what it is. Um, but no, I think, like, and this was really cool. Obviously, we didn't get a chance to talk about this because the first thing came out on Thursday. If you guys didn't see it, you guys can try and find it on Twitter if you want. But uh, there was a clip of Jace Gilbert reading off a text that he got from Brock Purdy, you know, just saying, keep your head off, yada, yada, yada. And there was a thing that came out today on Twitter that apparently 20-plus former players texted Matt for Jace Gilbert's number. So, and I think that shows you what kind of program Matt's built. And not like we haven't known that, but um, huge bounce back game, true freshman, lights out, the reason we were had a shot to win. Brandon actually joked after the first field goal. He's like, hey, we're going to win 9-7. And that was a very strong possibility. But It looked that way for a long time. And then I think at a certain point after four quarters of Kansas State running at you, the defense starts to wear down a little bit, as would – pretty much any defense in the country well i think i don't remember i don't want to be certain on this but i think um jack whitford said this on reaction that that we didn't pick up a single first down in the fourth quarter i could probably like seems right it was three and out after three and out tonight honestly so it wouldn't shock me um i don't know when the fourth quarter started okay Where's he? Okay. Yep, so first drive of the fourth quarter, three plays, negative one yards. Solid. Second, three plays, four yards. Better. And last one, four plays, three yards. Oh, boy. So, yeah, the entire fourth quarter, uh, you don't get a single first down, Six. and you had two drives at, at midfield. That's the biggest thing. <laughs> you're literally gifted field position at midfield. You have to get 15 yards yeah. to give your kicker a chance, and you can't do that on either drive. Yeah. When you need it more than anything, I mean, it's unacceptable at this point what's happening on offense. And, I mean, the safeties were playing so low the whole second half. Mm-hmm. It, you, they're just daring you to throw it over the top, and you can't because you don't have time. Mm-hmm. So it's just you fall into the same pattern of little stuff underneath and not attacking the middle. And when you do, it's tipped up and nearly a pick. So I don't really know what the answer is right now for offense, but something needs to change and it's going to need to change quick because you don't have a single game the rest of the year that you look at and you're certain that's a win yeah but uh, i think that segues pretty well into the i guess the last thing i'll say once again just to reiterate this um great job out of a true freshman to get all that stuff out of his head drill three field goals round of applause uh for jace gilbert uh but we got to move on to what for probably the remainder of the season is going to be the looming issue. Um, and it's funny because and I think this is more something to talk about at the end, which we will, but uh, that Iowa game might be the reason Iowa State makes a bowl game if we do. Um, but we'll talk about that later. So let's start with Deckers. Um, 22 of 38, 198 yards. Uh uh, I don't know. I think we need to stop. Like, 
you can't have them throwing 40 yards a game at this point. We've become a one-dimensional team, but it's not like throwing the ball has been a strength at the same time. Yeah, I don't know. I felt like running the ball was better than last week, which is not saying anything. But it's also a credit. I said this, like, that's a different game last week if you have Jairell. And, you know, he only had 33 yards on 13 carries, but at the same time... And he was not 100%. No. He was hobbling all over the field, on and off the... When he was coming on, you could tell he's not at 100%, and he's still the clear running back one. So it, it was definitely better, but at the same time, we were... It's more of just a situation where you're trying to keep Kansas State off balance and actually do anything in the run game. And you're not putting guys in good situations when you're motioning three fullbacks and tight ends into the tackle box. Yeah. It, you become very one-dimensional. Well, I think that play in specific, um, it, it was the one where Jace kicked the field goal to end up going 9-7. But yeah, third and two, and I think Dion or Eli was in the game. But you bring in Brock. And then you shift in, I don't know who the other tight end with Russ was, but it was Russ and another tight end. So you bring them both into the box. So you have, what is that? Eight in the box, nine with Deckers. Um, and you brought in your power back. I think everyone in that entire stadium knew what was happening. And we've said this since the Baylor game. The Baylor game was a little like, it's the first team you've really played. So like, whatever. But now you've, that, that you're in your third conference game. <laughs> if we're if me and Brandon can see what what's gonna happen, Chris Kleiman is gonna see what's gonna happen. Anybody can see what's happening in that situation. If there's nine guys in the box, I mean, it's super obvious, and our offensive line is not good enough to get push against a team like Kansas State. And it's just a situation where the passing game isn't working, the running game isn't working. So what do you do? Yeah. And that's just, that's going to lead into a later conversation, which is, once again, creativity in the offensive game plan because there was very little times today where you saw a play fake. No play action, really. No. So it's, I don't know what to do at this point because the shallow underneath crossers, that's the big topic this week, which is somewhat undeserved because that's a very minute problem with the offense. That's, yeah super cherry-picked and a weird complaint to have considering that's one of the lesser issues of the entire offense but nonetheless I mean at a certain point after four quarters of not getting into the red zone and scoring a touchdown and you haven't scored a touchdown eight quarters something like that well one in eight quarters one in eight quarters so they haven't scored one in the last six yeah they haven't scored one in the last six, and then they've scored one in the last eight. So Something has to change at that point. I don't know. I mean, you can pick and choose what you think that is, but... Um, it starts with one guy. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll get into that. That's a big topic later. Um, I want to talk about Deckers now, and then we'll try to get rid of it. Um, I felt like there was a couple things that felt a little improved. Um, now, I won't say it's still... I, I wouldn't say he fixed it, but he showed signs of maybe addressing it. Um, I think of the third down where he ripped off a 24-yard run. That's what we've been asking for, like extend the play. Uh, at the same time, though, it felt like he held back a couple scrambles. Um, his pocket presence is still a little in the air. He was a lot better at that today. Yeah, like he definitely, like he had that scramble. It just feels like 
And I don't know if this is, like, being... Like, at the end of the day, though, I feel like if you're mad, it shouldn't matter if you don't have good guys behind. I wouldn't say not good, but uh, it's definitely a different situation. It's way worse if Rocco goes in. Like, nothing against Rocco. It's just, you. I mean, it's just a very different situation. So I don't know if they're in a thing, like, where they're telling him, unless you have to stay in the pocket, like, we can't have you getting hurt, but... At the end of the day... He's big enough. He's not going to get hurt. No, like, when you have a lane, you got to take it. And so I don't know if that... I doubt that's a coaching thing. It feels a little more like Deckers wants to sit a little bit and maybe make the read, which is funny because we're kind of sometimes complained a little bit about Brock leaving too early, and now we're having kind of complaining about a guy staying too late. Uh, But either way, I still... I think the stuff we talked about last week... The, the main things were pocket presence and ability to extend the play and turnovers. He didn't turn it over today, um, but uh, he had a 37.8 QBR, so I think that kind of tells you what happened today. He didn't have any, like, he had a couple turnover-worthy plays just on tips, but, I yeah. mean, he, frankly, he wasn't close enough to receivers to actually throw a pick. Yeah. I mean, even the short stuff underneath, it just isn't really on target where it needs to be to have a guy – that's in space and has time after the catch to actually make a play. Yeah. So I'm even on crossers over the middle or out routes, it's in a position where the guy has to go up, make a catch, and then he's already on the ground. Yeah. And then three yards isn't going to get you enough to get a first down and keep moving the ball. And that was the biggest issue was just three and out after three and out today. Yeah, and I guess this one thing I thought about during the game, and I talked about this after with, me, Brandon, my dad, but, um, like, I don't know if it's, like, the players around De- I mean, one thing, and I've, we've talked about this before, um, you know, Manning's really ran the same offense all the time, but he's had, it feels like he's had the players to bail him out of it a lot. Um, I guess where I'm going with this is just, like, they're, not playing the Hunter's strengths. We've talked about spread the field, spread the ball more like downfield, but like Decker's on those short passes, it feels like he's putting too much heat on it, um, or they're just not very accurate. Um, so I don't know. It, like we've said this, the short intermediate game's not necessarily his strength, as is the deep ball in his arm. So I don't know if you want to, if you have anything to say about that. I just. I feel like <laughs> he's been hitting he, – he's missing the underneath stuff. And, unfortunately, when that's your game plan and your quarterback's missing that stuff, I don't know. I, I Some of it is due to pressure with the yeah. line. And I think we – for the first time all season, we saw a shift at tight ends today. Mm-hmm. There was – I mean, Tyler Moore was in there for a couple plays, and that was his first Real game, game action. Right. And – Dean didn't get a ton of snaps, which frankly is deserved. He hasn't blocked a soul all year. Um, Hanukkah, we saw a lot. Um, Hanukkah, I mean. Russ got a lot more snaps, which he should. I mean, he didn't get first team all Big 12 last year for nothing. And then I apologize. I don't know his name, uh, but he's number 49. He's very similar to uh, Russ in a sense. He's the blocker, but we saw a lot more of those we saw five tight ends so i i mean yeah i don't know but 
they're trying different things, which I can respect. Yeah. That's one of the few... In terms of protection. Correct. That's one of the few things on offense that they're actually trying different things, it seems like. So I give them props for that, but at the same time, it's still not working, and you're getting pressure from all over in the pocket. It's up the middle sometimes. It's around the sides a lot in the last two games. So at that point, it's like, okay, well, we keep saying that we want Deckers to scramble, but where do you go? Because it's, it's, yeah. it's from a different direction every single play. And you saw it really a lot towards the end of the game today was they were just blitzing nonstop because it's like, okay, well, we're just going to bring the safeties down. If you go underneath, whatever, we're already up on you. We don't think you can score a touchdown. We can't. Mm. And you don't have time to throw downfield. And you can't run the ball. Yeah. So it limits you, and that's where you get stagnant and keep having these three notes. Yeah. Um, so we'll. Just, I'm sure we'll probably bring up Deckers. Obviously, he's your quarterback, but we'll try our best to kind of move from position group to position group. Uh, so next part of the offense, running backs. Um, Twenty-four carries, seventy-eight yards. Sack yards goes into account, but nonetheless, seventy-eight yards. You're running back one, like Brandon mentioned earlier, nowhere near 100%. Credit to him for still giving it a effort. Um, but he had 13 carries for 33 yards. Um, Silas had 7 for 30, and Decker's 4 for 15. He had a long of 24, and then he also had like a 70-yard keeper. So, you know, sack yards is a part of it, but he it did feel like when he did run, you know, he had some, some couple good runs. But... Um, yeah, I think, you know, you guys know this. I mean, it's not that, I mean, you guys, I've talked about it enough to where you probably realize I have a different type of love towards Brock Purdy. Um, but at the same time, Brock Purdy had David Montgomery his freshman year and Brees Hall for uh, two and a half years. So he had some elite running backs. Yep, and that that can bail you out in a lot of situations because the you can bail line, the offensive line out as well. Correct. The offensive line's been the same for every time Matt's been here, plus every year before that. So yeah, we've never had a good line, right? But. That's always just the first thing that you talk about every offseason. It's like, oh well, if we want to get to the next level with the program, then the offensive line's going to have to be good. Well, it's, it's not, never been good. and we're not exactly getting next level recruits that are going to turn it around or anything. So it's. It just kind of is what it is, and when you have a running back that, that that can make guys miss, that can create plays on his own, and we kind of have that, but again, he's not 100%, so and he's not a, a complete game-changer like Bruce was, mm. So it's which is impossible to choose to fill. But, yeah, we're not, like we said this earlier, and if anyone ever thought Jarrell Brock was going to be Bruce Hall, you should be going into a mental institution, <laughs> but... Jeez. Uh, well, I mean, am I wrong? <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> just very harsh. Uh, yeah. I guess we're both kind of down after this game. But, yeah. I mean. As most probably are. We're like, doing our best. Like, I'm doing my best, like, not stay negative. Um, like, there's going to be some moments where that comes out. But I want to, like, stay. I want to say positive. Kind of positive. But. We're 0-3. I have the right to be negative. Yeah. We're just not going to, like, pound it in you guys how negative we are. Because we know we're all feeling the same way right now. Um but yeah, I think going back to the running backs, um, I, it's just when you have the sh- there it is. Sorry, we have the Fresno State Boise State game on, and there's just we're waiting for a flag to happen. But um, back to what I was saying, like 
there's so many, like, it's not like this offense has been really any different. I mean, Manning's been the coordinator for six of seven years. Six of seven too many. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the short game works because we've had the running back that will pop. Sometimes he'll just give you a 10-plus yard run and picks up that first down or takes the one to the house. Or you, How many times did David Montgomery get met at, at or behind the line of scrimmage and managed to get five-plus yards? I mean – He's had running backs that have bailed him out, and then, you know, what Brock Purdy was great at was managing the game, besides the games where he threw three picks. But uh, he did a really good job of managing the game, and then you have guys like Charlie Kohler, Chase Allen, Xavier Hutchinson. Yeah, like you have those guys that were superior in the underneath game. Um and that's why, like, it's worked, and we haven't really complained about it. Like, I think like, there's times where, like, why are you throwing short on third and whatever? But most of the time it worked because those guys found the holes, uh, and it made it a better read. Um, and, like, Brock was, like, again, besides the three-pick times, three-pick games, he was never horrendous enough to where the defense had to, like, they couldn't stack the box for Brees, you know, or yeah. David. Yeah, we were always very equal on offense. And I think we've been we've been equal on offense this year, mostly because of the results of the game. You yeah. see, against Iowa, you're gonna pass the ball more than you're gonna run the ball against Southeast Missouri State and Ohio. Yeah. You're just gonna milk the clock at the end of the game. So it's still kind of a situation where you're only three games into the real season, quote unquote. Yeah. But I don't know. At a certain point, we come out throwing. And then you get in these situations where you're in third and long constantly, and that's not a Makes great way thing worse. when you don't have the offensive line that can block in for long enough to take a deep shot against a it team. Doesn't have to be a, deep, but just enough to get your guys a shot at past the sticks. Correct. You don't need. You only need three, four seconds. Yeah. It's not like you need to stand back. Ten. There. Like right. We're not. We're not. You're not sitting here developing some like. I don't know. You're having guys like running thirty yard routes or something. We're not like reinventing that. the wheel out here. I mean, no. the offense has been the same, like you said, forever. Yeah, and it's just we finally have the speed this year, and it doesn't really feel like we're using it in the right and spots. And the arm, and the arm, but at the same time, some of this pressure issue is on Hunter to extend the play, but he's limited in that. He's not super quick, and there's pressure all the time, mm. and. He has a lefty, so he can only really roll out one way comfortably. Yeah. Um, and obviously the tackles have been the weak spot of the offensive line, so you can't really get out of the pocket that way. you got to be really creative, and obviously his pocket presence isn't there yet. So it's just a weird situation where you're just in a stagnant position and there's not an obvious answer. Yeah. Um, I think before going into the receivers um, – Sorry, Dad. You're getting a little. I'm throwing a little. You're. I know you're gonna listen to this, but I'm gonna give you a little something here. Uh, he kind of. My dad mentioned a little bit how like he wasn't necessarily happy with Brock right now, which I kind of get. Um, but at the same time, like again, he's not 100. Um, and like again, think about Breeze. You know, it took him a while. Like that West Virginia game was like game six, right? I know Brock's been in for a while, and and he was a true freshman, so I'm not, again. But, I mean, he's not 100 right now, and you look at, 
I feel like that Baylor game we got out of running the ball due to how due to the score. So, you know, we haven't really been able to see him run the ball for two games Same now. Same thing with Kansas. Yeah. Well, he was just hurt, but nonetheless, he still couldn't run the ball effectively due to the score. Um, but I, I would say, like, continue to give him time. We're not expecting him to be David or Breeze. It just – it the running game a whole, it doesn't matter who the running back is. If this – like, when Norton finally gets healthy, if he emerges and just takes over, fine. I don't, I don't care. And he's going to need to because – Brock is a senior, right? Redshirt junior. Oh, okay. So he'll probably so stay another year. I mean, he's not going to go anywhere. And that's a pretty good one-two punch. Both guys are physical backs, and they're Big 12 backs. So at this point, you're looking to get healthy and make a push for the bowl game. Yeah. I mean, that's your ultimate goal at this point. Everything else is out the window, which yeah. is fine, yeah, frankly. Whatever. I mean, lofty goals were... Exactly that. They were lofty at the beginning of the year to think we were going to make Dallas. That's well, I don't think it was foolish. there as beginning year. I think it was the second you go, the second you beat Iowa. Correct. After the not preseason, post conference play when you're three and zero, and the beating Iowa curse hits again. Yeah. Every single year we beat them. We have a terrible team, which it's looking that way right now. Yeah. I mean, you look well, at the schedule. Well, I would say like, maybe yeah. terrible unit. Yeah. Correct. And then, and the, at the end of the day, if it doesn't matter how good a certain unit is. If you have, if you don't make a bowl game, it's not a good team. One of the more glaring issues today is we, in last game was really the epitome of this, is we lost in the margins last week. We we were even in the margins today, and we still lost. Yeah. I mean, it's you can't just sit here and blame special teams or Offer. turnovers yeah. or anything. We won all of those, and it's just you still don't have an answer, and that's kind yeah. of the position that's new. Yeah, it's not just that we're losing games based on flukes like we've seen in the past. This is a real issue, and it's on a major side of the ball instead of something like special teams where it's just trying not to screw up. Yeah, um, but man, you really take those elite running backs for granted um, and quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah, but we'll move on to the receivers. Um, starting with X, eight catches, hundred yards. Um, Pretty good game. We'll talk about some issues from him in a sec. Uh, Jalen Knowles, 6 for 31. Hanukkah, 1 for 25. Shaw, 2 for 21. Stanley, 2 for 17. Uh, Sanders, 1 for 4. Brock, 2 for 0. Um, <laughs> That's impressive. Yeah. Um, but let's get started. This is maybe something that is an issue. Um, not in the way you think. Um... My dad, dad, you're getting some love right here, right now. Well, I wouldn't say love. Well, you're getting, you're getting some, you're getting talked about a little bit. Um, and he pointed this out to me when we were talking in the parking lot. There could be some bad blood brewing right now between him and Deckers. And that could be the case with the whole team, to be honest. Yeah, I think you're looking at a situation where they're. I mean, hopefully the locker room's under control, but you're in the position where you're own three guys are going to start pointing fingers. And that could take place from the defense towards the offense saying, okay, we've given you every single chance and you haven't scored in the last six quarters. Mm -hmm. And it could take place between receivers and the quarterback, which he hasn't been on target. Guys aren't really getting open to the extent they need to, to be honest. And then you don't have the running running game to look back on. So it it all builds off of each other. And it's – a situation where it'd be really nice to have a bye week this week, but unfortunately we get to go to Austin. Whoopie! After they just 
after beat the crap out of Oklahoma. Yeah, and they're the hottest team in the country right now. Yeah. They just beat their rival by 49. Which is ridiculous. But um, that will be talked about later. But uh, let's get back to the receivers. Um, yeah, I don't want to sit here and, you know, make any accusi- accusations or anything. But um, my dad kind of pointed out that on the second and 10, I don't know if it was the last drive or if it was the first one where we got the ball at the 50 off the kick. But there was a second and 10. It was an RPO. And Hutch ran a slant from the right side of the field to the middle. And my dad said that he felt like Hutch didn't run the route all the way. Again, I haven't watched. Um, this isn't, like we said, this is basically an instant reaction. So we haven't really watched these plays. Uh, but my dad said he felt like Hutch kind of pulled up a little bit. And then Deckers kind of went after him. And then Hutch kind of went back at him. You've seen a lot of this in the last two weeks. Yeah, like Even- Hutch was really pissed last week, which frankly... He was probably in the right for that. It felt like last week was a little more on Deckers. and, um, But if we want to talk about some negative from Hutch, which I don't feel like we ever have to do, but um, that touchdown, that's a tough catch because he's diving and he's kind of looking back on it. Um, but still a catchable ball for Xavier Hutchinson. Um, and, you know, he's probably going to make all Big 12 first team, as he should. But an all Big 12 first an all-Big 12 first-team receiver has to make that catch on fourth and seven. He had two Has to make that drives. catch on fourth and seven. And that touchdown wins you the game, too. I mean... Hindsight's twenty twenty, but... It, it takes three off the board, so it puts you down to six, but you get seven. So you win 13-10, basically. I mean, it's a different scenario because K-State's not playing to run the clock out. But again, I'd much rather have Adrian Martinez throw the ball. And we talked about this in the preview. Um... But, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how good Hutch is. If you don't make that play, it takes everything away, and that's what happened today. Like, he's a really good receiver. We know that. But if we're talking about a guy who's going to make first-team All-Big 12, you can't drop that ball on fourth and seven because that – I don't know where that was at, probably around the 30-yard line. You need five yards to make this comfortable for Jace. Yeah, and it's a tough catch. At the same time, it's... Hit him in the hands. Hit, yeah, if it hits you in the hands, that's the old adage. Is if it hits you in the hands, you got to catch it. Yeah. Whether that's fair or not, I don't know. That's a different conversation. But when you're the number one receiver, you're going to expect to get double-teamed a lot. You're going to get difficult catches all the time. But when you have an easy one... you got to make it. Yeah. And how many targets do you have tonight? 17? That's what Jack said. For eight? Seven. He had 17 targets, only had eight receptions. That's the first problem. And Deckers threw it 38 times. So he threw it to Hutch 17 times and the rest of the team 21, which is an issue I want to talk about here in a bit. But And that's that's also due to the pressure. When you can only go through one of your reads, reads yeah. that's going to happen when you're going to force it when somebody's right on you right away. But, I mean, I don't know. It seems to be... I feel like we have receivers there that can make plays and have proven to make plays in the past. You got Stanley, you got Shaw that, again, popped out today that was like, okay, this guy's got a little different aspect of the game that we don't have. Yeah, he had two for 21. And he's actually tall. He can be a jump ball guy if you need him. Yeah. And it's just at that point you're relying on the quarterback, which the offense is right now looking just not to turn the ball over. It's actually a very similar situation with Iowa State 
Iowa State's offense right now to Iowa, yeah. which is pathetic, to be yeah. honest. To compare the two offenses, who thought we were going to be doing that coming into the year? Mm-hmm. Think about air raid, but yeah, I mean, the difference is Iowa's defense scores points. Yeah, ours doesn't even really force turnovers that much. I let mean, alone score points. But. Don't get me wrong; it's not on the defense, but that, it's like that's like one of the main nitpicks we kind of nick it nick the defense is Haycock's been really good at like low scoring. Um, not a lot of yards, really locks down the second half. The one thing the defense lacks is the ability to turn the ball over, or force turnovers. And but we had one really bad pick drop today. Yeah, by purchase. Yeah, you, that's a fair point. You got to make those plays, and I don't know. It's it's a tough situation here where you're trying to fix everything, and it feels like everything's kind of building off of each other, and you don't have an obvious direction to go. No. Yeah, I don't know, but I think, like, I don't know. It feels like, um, and I didn't, I mean, I felt like I knew, like, we were going to miss Charlie. I knew, like, we were going to miss Chase. Like, we were going to miss those tight ends. Like, I, I knew that. We all knew that. I didn't know the level of the impact it had because kind of coming into the year, I think we all felt like we're going to kind of get away from the short game, or like less of the short game, and less of the tight ends, and shift to more of a taking a little bit deeper shots and more receiver heavy. Um, I felt like it was perfectly reasonable to think that, and I think that especially that first game really proved it to us that we had a reason to believe in that and why we felt like that was going to happen. Um, but man, it's just like you know, I look at these guys and I, I look at Hutch, I look at Noel. I look at Shaw, and I look at Stanley, and I'm like, you have four really good receivers. And I get Hutch is the man. And I don't know how many targets those other guys have, but, like, Noel, Shaw, and Stanley had ten catches. I don't know their total targets. And Hutch had eight. So it looks like it kind of got moved around, but it really didn't. And it just feels like, I don't know, you have four solid receivers. Like, I think... You not you need to. I know you want to stick to the tight ends because it's been so good. But at the end of the day, they're not Charlie. They're not even Chase. They're not even Dylan Saner. Like you're just at a spot right now where it's like you have four legit receivers. And I know like Deckers isn't getting a ton of time to look through his reads, but you have four really good receivers. They're not being like you're using one. I don't know. Using one, and a lot of that's due to the pressure, and that falls on the tight ends, that falls on the running backs. That's what I mean by it builds off each other. When you don't have a Dylan Sainer or Chase Allen type that can pick up a block like an offensive lineman, that's a huge deal because that takes away one guy on your offensive line that can actually block somebody, and then you don't have that extra second or two back there to throw, go through reads, whatever. And that's a big thing, and that's why you're going to see so many targets to a guy like X is one, because he's really good. Mm-hmm. So you're going to force it. If you need to, you're going to throw it to him. And then two, when you're, you don't have that extra threat out of the backfield with a tight end, you don't have that over the middle. You see it a couple times here and there. I think the tight ends have had like five, 10 receptions all year. Yeah. Not much. And none of the tight ends really scream to me like they're a big receiving threat like Kohler was where you saw it in the Oklahoma game last year. They threw it to him every single play. Yeah, I mean, how many, like, fourth down conversions, third, fourth down conversions did he have in that fourth quarter? Like, it was ridiculous. Yeah. Or even, like, the Tech game. Like, it just felt like 
down the stretch, like we knew Hutch was good, but we knew who that who that main threat was. Like, like as a Chargers fan, like I always like, like it was. It's always like Keenan Allen's your guy on third down, and it was always like Kohler's gonna find a spot in the zone on third or fourth down, and he's gonna pick it up. It does. It doesn't matter how he'll do it, and that's like how Keenan is in terms of the Chargers. But like, we don't like Hutch is good, but it's not necessarily like the same situation. I just. It's just a different matchup when you, because most of the times you're not really going to have a, a spe, you're not going to have linebackers a lot on receivers, so you had a big mismatch in terms of you put a linebacker on Kohler and he very rarely failed to get open. Mm-hmm. So it, it's it's very different, but um, and I I don't know if this is a protection issue in terms of why he can't spread it, but you know. I understand why you look at Hutch so much, but at the same time, like, at the end of the day, like, if you're running the short stuff on first and second down, I don't have a problem with that. The times when people get mad is when it's third and eight and you run the shallow crosser. Like, that's where people get annoyed, and that's understandable. And I think that leads into a bigger conversation here is multiple times in this game, I just looked over at you and I was like, why is every single receiver and running back on the same side of the field? Yeah, that that's a that's a completely different issue. And I mean that just comes back to play calling and that's just the biggest issue right now. You're looking at yourself 0 and 3 and you haven't been able to score consistently. So you look at the guy that's in charge of the offense. Okay, well, does a change need to be made? I don't Maybe. know, is that a situation where it's just Matt behind the scenes that's making all the calls and he's just the guy that gets that has the sheet that says, "Okay, 70% of the time we want to do this." Yeah, I don't know what the situation is there, but something needs to change on that offensive side. And there's just so many glaring, obvious mistakes that need to be fixed. And a lot of that is you need to shift the pocket when you don't have time. Okay, well, yeah, let's like, roll, roll, out. roll out. And, like, you, like you look at at the play where, you know, Hutch drops on 4th and 7, Deckers is outside the pocket. Yep, and that's how you create more time. Yep. you got to move a little bit and – Obviously, the offensive line isn't going to keep you in the pocket. So, I mean, at a certain point, you got to change things up a little bit. And if every single wide receiver is going to be on one side of the field, then you might as well roll out to that side. Yeah, um, yeah I don't know what else to say much on the receivers. I, I wish, like, I guess I brought this up a little bit, like, just not too long ago. But, like, I don't have a problem with that short stuff. But it's like, you have a gadget guy like Noel. Use him a little more. Or even Stanley, run him more on some short stuff. If you're not going to utilize his speed over top, utilize it underneath. And I think we talked about this, like, this is a little bit hitting more on play calling. There's not a lot of creativity. Can we get, like, an end around or a jet sweep every now and then to your two fast gadget guys? I don't know. That's, those are a couple things I'm kind of, like, wish I could see. Um, just overall, I feel like you have four really talented receivers that need to be used a lot better. And that could be applied to pretty much the entire team. I think you're just missing a couple of big play guys. Yeah. And that starts with the quarterback to hit the guys in space and you need to hit X on some of these shorter routes where you can get him in a spot to make a play. And that also stems out of, okay, you need a running back and I think Silas is probably this future guy that can be a guy that can make plays and doesn't necessarily have the God-given talent to be an every-down back, but he's a change of base. Yeah. And obviously he's not a one, and we saw that last week, mm-hmm. and that's fine. And you have guys behind him that can be that physical kind of guy that's at first, second down back. And then it turns into this thing where, okay, well, he can't block because he's 5'6", 
and that's something you well, can't do. Well, that's why today, about. like, you talked about, like, what they changed protection. There's so many, especially on third down, Russ lined up as the running back. And, like, yes, it kind of, we knew passes was coming, but at the same time, he, he got all Big 12 first team last year because of his blocking ability. So that's where I'll clap my hands to Matt Campbell, the offense, for making that switch and putting a guy that can protect Deckers and give you a little more time, pick up those blitzers. That was a good adjustment. I will give them that. Yep, and if guys aren't getting open, you might as well just go to a jumbo set. And if you're going to go to that, you have to have a play opposite of running up the middle. Yeah. And that goes back to that third and two. But it's just so many times. If you shift a guy into the tackle box, well, it's a run. Mm-hmm. And you would need to have some sort of play action that can kind of be a good counter to that to keep the defense off balance because so many times it's just – Kansas State's linebackers, they're just all flying downhill because they know exactly what's coming. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess the last – we can't really talk about the tight ends. Tight ends are the tight ends at this point. They're kind of – You're stuck in a lot of positions right now. Yeah. It's, a, it's disappointing, but the good news going forward past this year is we're in the era where it's transfer portal, and that's how you build I hate team. it. But it's that's the area we're in. I mean, right as you're looking at this team right now, you're like, okay, well, we got a bunch of positions that need or can be addressed in the future, and there's an easy way to do that now. Um, but you look at a you look at a position like tight end. You look at a position like linebacker potentially. You well, you need you, to, you're probably losing all three next year. Correct. So. so you're, I mean, the easiest way is the easiest immediate solution is to lean on the transfer portal and I mean Reader's a guy that went in here and he's a starter right away he's he's a guy that can play at Big 12 level whether he's perfect or not that's a different conversation still a guy that's playing he's not like if he's not on the field we're starting a true freshman yeah so it's you need guys like that with experience and I think that also just benefits you so much in the locker room that you have a guy like that, and especially in a situation like this when you're 0-3, somebody needs to stand up and say, okay, and we need to get this together. This is how we're going to do it, whatever that is. And the last thing I want to see coming out of this week is like a players-only meeting or something because that's when this, everything starts unraveling. Like, you think like it gets worse when there's a player-only meeting? That typically is the beginning of the end. So There's a couple cases where because at that point usually the season's over that's what i'm saying is at that point it's just kind of a situation where you either don't trust the coaching staff or it's so extreme that you need to separate the two and whatever and that is probably there's big decisions to come in this bye week two weeks from now yeah um but getting to the offensive line um I mean, I don't know. It's, I think you t- hit a little earlier. We just don't have. It's. I mean, it's never been good, but it. It just feels like I, I don't know if it's worse than last year. I. I what, what's your thoughts? I mean, it's the same group of guys essentially, and you have a couple different rotations in and out. But we keep seeing pressure, and every team is blitzing more and more throughout the season. So I. I don't know. It's kind of the same thing it's normally been. It's just we don't have the tight ends and running backs to make up for it in the blocking game, and that's just a couple extra guys that can act like an extra pass blocker, and that's a thing that we really need right now. But at the same time, that's not going to fix in the immediate future. So that's, again, just looking towards past next year 
and a lot of that starts with your recruiting classes and a lot of it starts with player retention over years and we we saw that a lot of that last year was a lot of guys leaving and that can't happen because you get in the situation where you're looking at a team like this and you're like well we, the only option we really have is transfer portal and that's not always reliable yeah it's it's a tough conversation right now because pretty much every facet of the offense is under a lot of pressure and you have a lot of young guys out there and they all want playing time and then you're just in an era right now where it's hard like like the fact that we got Jarrell to wait for his turn and the fact that we he's got, an outlier yeah even Deckers uh, I mean he, he was only two years where Brock he waited three but like Brock got beat out his freshman year he could have easily been like eh this Breeze kid's pretty dang good and you see them I'm a lot not, with skill positions because they know exactly who they got in front of them yeah it's different when you're the defense where you're a very like rotational piece and, like, you know, you can look at someone like, what are we going to say? I don't know. Maybe, like, someone like JR, right? Where he, I don't know his actual snap count, but it's probably pretty split with MJ. Cause Lonnie just, King, kind of. Yeah. Or even, like, Eric Horn, which yeah, was really one. weird, like, he knew he was going to start and then transferred. I don't know where he's at. I think he's at Florida A&M with Kamani. But either way, like, we're, you're in an era where it's very hard to get guys to stay. Um, but we saw, I don't, if, I think there was like 20 guys that transferred last year. There was a lot, and it seemed like every single day. In yeah. March, it was just, oh, man, we lost another guy in defense. And it's not. A, it's not a problem on the defense right now. No. I, there's nothing you can point out of the defense that it's like, man, I wish and we had this to guy. the young guys, and that's a really positive thing looking forward. Is everybody on defense seems young besides the linebackers? Four or five guys. I mean, you look receivers. at you. You. I think Vaughn maybe has a COVID year. I don't know if, if he, he wants stays, it. If he wants it, yeah. I think that's going to be used less and less going forward. Yeah, um, but. Because that'd be a six-year. That's just really depend on the player. But, like, um, you know, you probably lose – you for sure lose Reader and Vance. They're, they're done. They, they've lost. They don't, have, they don't have anything available to use. Vaughn maybe has something, but I'm sure you probably lose all three. You lose Will and you lose Anthony Johnson. So you lose five really big players. Um, At the same time, you've had guys step up all season. Yeah. And nobody's really made a – huge mistake on defense so I don't see it being a huge issue and I trust Haycock at this point he's proven himself over and over again mm-hmm. and uh, uh, there's just a couple of very small issues on the defense and I don't really see it affecting us long term no um just real quick you guys so the the thing that the anchor they they cut you off at an hour but uh we try to keep it under an hour but we still have a lot more to talk about so I'm quickly going to end this, uh, but then we'll get right back. So if it's a weird transition, I apologize, but give me one quick second. All right, so back at it. for the. This is, this is the extended episode. There's just a lot to talk about, but I think I'll bounce back against the offensive line. Um, you know, I don't know. Like, the tackles have been bad. Uh, Simmons just, again, like, I, I, you can't, cons- like, you can't blame, like, a five-yard penalty, the reason you end up punting. But at the same time, like, we've, you struggle. You have an offense that's struggling to move the ball. And, you know, 
you go to first and 15 on the first play, especially right after huge spark. Deckers gets a massive run on a third down, and you're instantly going backwards. And then Deckers even gets seven yards, gets seven of it back, and gets it to second and eight. Um, or there's just a couple drives where we had some false starts that really was like shot ourselves in the foot. We didn't really do that a whole lot tonight, but those are some of the big ones. And, you know, I think Brandon's talked about this a lot throughout this episode, but everything plays off each other. Well, Deckers can't throw it downfield because he doesn't have enough time. Well, maybe Deckers can't get it to Noel or Shaw or Stanley because he doesn't have enough time. Maybe he's missing some of these underneath stuff because he doesn't have enough time. Um, we're going backwards because he gets sacked because he doesn't have enough time. Um, the offensive line is once again a major issue and always has been. The thing I'm like sitting here asking is the recruiting classes continue to get better and better under Campbell, and so you'd expect a little bit of like progression and like Yes, there's progression in terms of, like, 16 Campbell lines to now, but it's still not... The size difference is the first thing you look at, even from whenever we played Notre Dame in 19, yeah. 18, 19, whatever that was. 19, yeah. To the Clemson game last year, we belonged on the same field as Clemson last year. Notre Dame, I don't think you could say that. No. We just got beat up and down the field, and a lot of that is credit to the strengths, whatever it is, official title is strength is trainer. David whatever. Andrews, is that his yeah. name? Something like that. He stepped in and you could see a direct Even impact look at next Brees. year. Look at Brees from freshman year to sophomore. Correct. He was a, just a monster. I remember looking at him in that TCU game in 2020. I'm like, man, that dude is huge. Yeah. And it's... Because he was smallest. I mean, he was small. Yeah, he was... I mean, he was like every freshman walking on campus his freshman year. But I you mean, shouldn't see a running back from freshman to sophomore year do that. Oh, my gosh. And he was just a completely different guy and... The, part of the reason he got so dang good was because of his size. Yeah, and you see that a lot. Like, even now with Tyler Miller out on the offensive line, you don't see an, a freshman, a sophomore, whatever he is now, starting four years ago. Yeah. Because he's just not physically ready. You see that a lot now, and it's just getting guys experience. And this is a very young team, so it's not like we're completely doomed going forward or anything. No. This episode is kind of a panic button, but it's a current parent panic button, not looking it's not forward. not a future panic button. Like... To the people on Twitter and to the guy behind us in the student section, if you for once say fire Matt Campbell, stop wearing anything to support this university. I don't care if it's because you go to the dang school. Do not throw on anything related to Iowa State for the rest of your life. This guy is the best thing that has ever happened to Iowa State football, and I don't want to hear a single word. He's having a tough time right now, but he's got a young team. I don't, I don't, I've, I've talked about this. I don't want to use this as the crutch that this is a young team. But, Dad, you're going to keep getting references. You made some good points in the parking lot, so thank you. You're giving me some stuff to talk about right the parking now. Parking lot's where all the best conversations have. Yeah, it is. Because that, that, that is really the instant reaction. Um, but oh, now I'm forgetting. What did he say? Hold on. Give me a moment. I'm crediting my dad, and I'm going to forget what he said. Parking lot. What, 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 what were we just saying? Hold I can't tell you. Guys, it's for you're listening the next day. It is 12:19 yeah. in the morning. So give us a little bit of a break here. We needed the instant reaction cuz I I don't think either of us wanted to wake up and talk about this game. Uh, what was it? Well, maybe we'll get back to me. Um I'm trying to think here. I don't know. Well, let's keep talking. Maybe it'll come back to me. Um yeah, I don't know. I just kind of 
the Lions just putting this team in a bad position, and you've had running backs in the past, and we mentioned this earlier, that made that line look better, I guess. They they really bailed the running the, the line out. They bailed the whole offense out. That starts from the offensive line, obviously. But overall, the last two games, you've seen a really big decline in the offensive line production both in the running game and passing game you don't have time to throw the ball you don't have the push on the offensive line and it's not like Kansas State's an elite front they have one guy yeah and he only had one sack and he was banged up all game and he I mean they still got pressure nonstop and never had a real run over 20 yards never really broke loose no I mean the the biggest biggest one was like Martinez had like Maybe, let's see what his long is, hold on. Oh, 19, so, yeah. I mean, one big run, but that didn't kill you. That didn't lose you the game. Yeah. I don't think one facet really lost us the game. It's just a position group did. Yeah. And that's a tougher conversation, because obviously, like, last week, it's just, okay, well, special teams kind of blew this game. And it was a game where you're like, oh, my God, there's... And even you can sit here today, it's like, you hold this team to 10 points, and you can't lose it again. I think back-to-back weeks we can sit here and say the defense has held the last two teams combined to 24 points, um, and we've put up 20. And at the end of the day, you've lost your two last two games by four points combined. So if we just make one more field goal in each game, it's a completely different conversation if we're sitting here 5-1. and one. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's just you got to make those plays, and Iowa State doesn't make those plays typically. And that's just kind of how it is. Yeah. You're not going to get many breaks, and... Uh, it's it's a tough conversation going forward because there's so many things that are just glaringly obvious that can't be fixed in the immediate future. Yeah, no. Um, I think the last thing in terms of the offense right now that's left to talk about, there is a serious question right now um, uh, with the play caller. Um, I know you, you mentioned, is this a thing where it's, uh, you know, it's Matt behind the scenes, and we don't know that. Part of me says no, because at the end of the day, I'm pretty sure in 18, Matt was the one calling the plays. And that was the most explo- explosive Brock has looked looked in his four years. So I, I don't know. There's no creativity. And at the end of the day, um, you know your quarterback's under pressure. You know you're shugging to run the ball. You're, but you're not helping him out either. Yeah, I don't know. It's... It's the same conversation over and over, and it's happened for the last seven years. I mean, ultimately, there's always going to be something that you can complain about and say this is the reason we lost the game. It's a combination of things every time. It's never just about official. It's never just about special teams. It's a combination of things, but it's just some things are more obvious than the others, and more things are... Like, you look at a play at the end of the game, and you say, oh, man... If Hush would have caught that ball in fourth and seven, we would have won the game. Well, if we would have gotten a touchdown in the first quarter, we would have won the game too. If you want to say hindsight twenty twenty. If you make the tackle, correct. If and you make either tackle on that on that broken play that put them up seven nothing, which allowed them to absolutely play their game and chew the clock, you win the game. I mean, it's a different game after those things, and it's a different game whether it's with fifteen seconds left on the clock or in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. Everything changes based on one play at a time. So it's hard to blame one position group, and it it's just super easy to sit back here, especially as fans, and say, okay, well, change needs to come, and ultimately we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, 
my thing I mentioned earlier, I was going to go through Twitter, so I guess let's try to go. We've had some refreshers. I got a good quote from Campbell after the postgame, and I'm excited to hear your comments Is it by on Travis? Uh, yeah. Okay. Here's the quote. Our fan base unfortunately tried to fry an 18-year-old kicker last week, and our 18-year-old kicker responded and went 3-for-3 three three tonight in a big game situation. Um, this is the first time I can recall Matt throwing the fan base under the bus. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of concerning just from a PR standpoint. Because, I mean, are you serious? It's the Iowa State fan base. <laughs> there was a little bit of that, but, I mean, he I went it, one for four. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, you know, that's a part of the game fans going to be mad. But also look at, <laughs> like... <laughs> first of all, this is only going to get worse with NIL. Yeah. Just saying, that's a factor in this. If guys are going to continue to get big deals, which obviously isn't happening in Iowa State yet, it's going to happen in the future where they're probably going to get paid by the university. This is only going to get worse, and if this is your stance on it, star is sorry, but, I mean, the fans have a right to be mad, especially when you're 0-3 in conference, and this is the seventh year in your tenure. I mean, it's a spot where it's kind of get over it, and you should be focusing on something else when you're 0-3 besides the fan base. Yeah. Um, this is uh, something that's bouncing off that quote, um, just some person on Twitter, but he said, what, what one of the most loyal fan bases in college football needs right now is lectures on being bad fans from its head coach and media personalities. ICU is arguably the worst program in major college football history, and we show up decade after decade to, for the beatings. Sorry for caring. Um, very, very accurate. I was just about to say, like, how many games are – I mean, at the end of the day, the players are winning the games, but how many times has this fan base I mean, we're impacted in the game? conference, and we showed up with 60,500. Basically, sell out, and it didn't get sold out because K-State fans didn't buy the upper, like the nosebleed section of their tickets. And this isn't going to change. We're going to show up every game. We'll be here for Oklahoma. You'll lose your fair weather fans, but the That's fans fine. who care are going to be here. I often reference the 2020 games were some of the best environments because the people that were there actually wanted to be there. Yeah. I mean, look at that year. Like, you're telling, like, 13,000 fans impacted you in a game against Oklahoma. It felt like a sellout that game. Yeah, because the people cared. And so, like, I love Matt. I just told about this. Like, I absolutely love Matt Campbell. He's one of the best things, probably the best thing that's ever happened to this football program. But it is a little concerning when your head coach is going after your fan base. Um, and that was his, in his opening statement. That's the thing that's most concerning is it was unprompted. He was not asked about this. Yeah. He opened with that. That was his second line. Yeah, that's... that's and it's very unlike him, which is really strange to hear at this point in the season. Yeah. And someone else who quote-tweeted quote tweeted that one quote that Campbell said, Travis Hines posted it, but uh, he said... I'm not sure it's a little unfair to react to this comment without the full context, but what an unbelievably lame thing to say in this moment. Setting aside the fact that everyone I talked to last week actually felt bad for Jace and hated the decision to kick it at the end, which I think is very fair. I think, you know, in hindsight, obviously you miss it, so you're like, oh, you should have gone for it. But at the same time, I think most people are like, he's had a rough day. You should trust your quarterback to go get in like a yard, not even a yard. Um, But, yeah, I think that's – We've never seen Matt do that, and that maybe like outside of like sixteen, Matt's never lost three in a row. Um, especially in Big Twelve play. So, um, 
yeah, I don't know. This is a, uh, we're not inside the doors, so we don't know what that locker room's like right now. At the same time, you're seeing a lot more things that it's You're seeing some like. vocal things. You've seen, like, Hutch and Deckers and even, um. Hutch, or Deckers and Campbell going at it last week a little bit. It's like, okay, we're starting to see a little bit more of some behind-the-scenes pent-up anger, all of this, and you just really hope it's not leading to an unraveling in the locker room. Yeah. I think the one thing we've given Matt such a credit for is the culture that is built that he built here, and you know it's very evident. Um, like like we said, twenty plus guys reached out to Jay, reached out to Matt to get Jace's number to pick him up. Those guys that aren't even on the team anymore. It's like that shows you what Matt has built. But when we're seeing guys going after each other right now, coaches going after players, probably coaches after coaches. I mean, I, I don't know that for sure, but. It's worrisome, and, you know, unfortunately, like, it probably doesn't get better next week because you're going into a team that at this point is definitely more than in the conversation to get to Dallas right now, um, and you go there after they pounded their... Are they the favorite right now? I mean, they have one loss that can throw things um, off, but... I think you got to wait and see on Texas. We've talked about this before, you mainly. They're a very emotional team, and if things go wrong... But again, you just beat your biggest rival, and you probably shouldn't have lost to Tech, and that was even without Ewers, and you were only lost to Alabama by one. They're a different team. So realistically, this is a team that could very well be 6-0. and uh, It's a very good team. If I would sit here right now, I'd probably say it's Okie State in Texas in Dallas, but that's for another episode. Um, I don't know. It doesn't get better next week. Um, hopefully, by the time we get to Oklahoma, the wheels are off. Um, it feels like they're squeaking a little bit, maybe more than squeaking right now. Yeah. Got a couple of lug nuts loose right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I just I'm I'm a little worried. This is the first time, not in terms of the result on the field I'm worried about. I'm worried about what's going on behind the scenes. Cause that hasn't happened in a long time. But It's I never mean, happened under Matt, at least from what we know of. Correct. I couldn't imagine that 16 team was really mad. Like, Sure, they had some blown losses, but it's not like that. I, I, that locker room was used to that. They were, worse to, they were, they were used to worse than that. They, they weren't used to being in a spot where they had Oki State and Baylor in a shot where they had those games and could win those games. Like... They were used to getting pooped on by Oklahoma, and they even only lost by 10 to Oklahoma on a Thursday night game that year. So, like, that locker room is used to it. This locker room has guys that have won the Fiesta Bowl, and this is uncharted waters in the Campbell era, and I'm a little worried. I have so much faith in our head coach. Um, But at the same time, like... 0-4 0-4 in conference play, and, like, you're 3-4 and four on the season. I, I don't know what happens in a locker room. I've, I've never been, like, I stopped playing sports going into my sophomore year, so I don't know what that's like, like, playing at, like, you know, a varsity level and going through this kind of issue right now. So I can't make a statement on anything, but at the same time, I couldn't imagine – it's very good right now. There's a lot going wrong at once, and you just hope there's not a ton of finger pointing. I'm sure there is a little bit of that. That's yeah. nature, but I th- there's got to be some changes being made. And 
it's hard to say to make him in the middle of the season. But at the same time... It won't time, happen in the middle of the season. Sorry, I cut you off. You you go back. At the same time, it's you don't want to throw away the season. But if you make a major change, who knows who's going to be affected by that. Yeah. So in, an offensive coordinator, which is what we're kind of dancing around... I think that's like, a major change. Yeah, and I think like a guy at least I've thought of if it's like something that happens right now. I highly doubt that just because we've There's never no seen way. Matt. The only time coaches have left Matt is because they're trying to pursue a bigger role, and he did that once. Yeah, Manning left and went to the NFL and came immediately back the next year. And I think one of the DB guys from last year left who was there for a while. But either way. Campbell's really had a very similar staff that he had back at Toledo. Um, so I, we don't really know, um, like, if he's, like, willing to let go of guys because I feel like he's probably really close to most of his staff, um, which is part of the reason why they're still here. But if it's something that happens now, at least your guy for the rest of the year would most likely be Nate Shieldhouse, which I would love because I feel like there's a little bit more creativity he knows those guys probably. I, I don't want to say he knows them better than Tom, but he's the running backs and receivers coach, so he knows how to get the best out of both of those. You know, obviously he'd have to talk with the QB coach to you know figure out the best way to, you know, get Deckers to being the talent we know That's Deckers you, has. Yeah. But it also feels like Nate's a younger guy. He played quarterback, so he played quarterback. He he can he can figure out. Hunter, everything I, starts with the quarterback, and you have to you have to cater the offense too, and that's the biggest issue right now. Is we're playing a Brock Purdy style offense yeah. with a guy like Hunter Deckers that has a cannon and not necessarily as accurate underneath. Yeah, like he's trying to throw it a little too hard underneath, and he's missing underneath a little bit. So like, I don't know if it happened. Like if like right now, and obviously when you're zero and three and you're coming off of twenty points and eight quarters, like as a fan, you're like. You want change. That's not shocking. Um, but, like, we've, like, complained about Manning for, like, a couple years now. But, like, at the end of the day, we never talked about firing him because we still won games. And I'm still not necessarily... No, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not on the, like, fire Tom Manning because at the end of the day, you're calling for a guy's job and... We're fans. At the end of the day, we're idiots. And this is we're, three we're, we're, games. Yeah. Not, this isn't three years worth like they have over in Iowa City right now. Or just, that's where, like, as like an Iowa fan, that's why you're living. That's why, yeah, it's fine to say fire Brian Ferentz because and it's I, been yeah. so bad. And I don't mean to pick on Iowa. They're just the easiest example since we're yeah. in the same state and everything. But it's We're most been, familiar with them. Yeah, it's been eight quarters, really. Baylor was fine offensively, I guess. I mean, defense didn't have a great game there. Special teams didn't have a great, there, great, great game there. That was just a better team that came in Ames. And Correct. And that, but these two games are sitting here and feel like, oh, yeah, we so could have won these games. Like, we could definitely be 5-1. and one. And that, again, comes back to the thing where we didn't deserve to win either of these two games the last two weeks, but it's like could have won. Could've. And that's a completely different thing, and it's a different conversation. And it's just a completely different vibe coming out of this week than it was two weeks ago against Baylor because you know we're like yeah you're three and one you lost the defending champs you have a shot to go beat Kansas next week like it felt like a little bit of a layup not not a layup but it felt like a bounce back opportunity this week also felt like one I I felt like we both felt it was hard for Iowa State to see Matt Campbell going zero and three in conference play Um, rightfully so losing under the lights. And what we thought was Pac Jack Trice, which it was, 
Um, we expected the energy to be great. And another thing, actually, we were listening to reaction, and some guy brought up a great point. The PA was really bad. <laughs> there was never, like, at some point, like, you, you want to talk about, like, when Matt take a shot at the fans, like, uh, first of all, the fans build off the game. Yeah. When we're scoring field goal after field goal, what do you want us to do, Chief? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we scored nine points. What do you I mean... Field goals aren't exciting. Like, field goals will win you games, but you're not going to be blasting Juicy Wiggle after going up 9-7. I there mean... Was like, there was people in the student section, play Juicy Wiggle... Buddy, we just had a three and out. Yeah. I mean, does it get the crowd pumped up, I guess? Maybe? Does it? I, I don't think There's so. There's been multiple times in the co- past couple of years where we forced that, and it just doesn't have the same effect. Mm-mm. And I don't know, that was... That's just very much a thing where you complain about when you lose. If we win this game by, or if we win this game, I, I don't care if you. Plays. I don't care if you win nine seven. I, if a win in this book would have been like, I don't care. Like we t- we said this coming into the year. I just want to make a bowl game, and right now, unfortunately, that's in major jeopardy, which sucks to say that. But I, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's I don't know. And I got another. Matt Campbell had another great quote here. Oh, hit me. Quote. In life, winners do lose, but losers hide. I'm not hiding from this. Okay, so there's multiple <laughs> ways to take this. No, Matt Campbell's not hiding from this, but you're not putting a guy like Tom Manning on in press row. I mean, it, it's a ha- has Manning ever? I don't even. I don't even know how many times Haycock's even like even after win. Like how many times does he give Haycock an opportunity to talk? Like I think about like. This, like, weirdly pops up on my YouTube all the time because I listen to Oklahoma... I listen to, like, every single Oklahoma State press conference because I wanted to hear if Gundy was complaining was going to complain about, like, that fourth and one or, like, getting short last year. But it's, so, like, I listen to all their press conference and they popped up a lot. And they still pop up. But there's so many times where there was interviews with Phil Phil Parker. No, that's Iowa. Uh, what's his name? It's, it's another P. You went to Ohio State this year. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Oklahoma State's defensive coordinator, the amount of times I saw him get press conferences, like rightfully so, he had an insane defense. And even Haycock, who has won you so many games in the past, um, oh, it's Jim Knowles. Yep. I get it now, right, as you're about to look it up. As soon as I got it, hold up. Um, but, like, like, even Campbell doesn't give him the floor to talk after this. Or, like... Like, is he, like, an opportunity to, like, even have him talk tonight? I don't know if you want to, because I don't think you want him saying something, although they're, you know, they're coaches, and they're not going to point fingers, or at least not vocally. Not. <laughs> at least not vocally. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It's Manning's never had to, you know, at the end of the day, like, the head coach obviously comes down to it, but, like, when your offense, like, it's a little different. Again, I you'll hear me a little bit kind of talk about the Chargers only to compare to that just because I know so much about them. But, like, after we got absolutely smoked by the Jags, um, you know, there was a lot that went wrong that day on both sides of the ball. Like, we lose 38-10. to 10. So, Brandon Staley, our head coach, rightfully so, speaks up and should get every heat because you played bad in all three facets, facets of the game. You played bad in one facet of the game, and... Your coordinator needs to take responsibility or at least, like, face the reporters. I mean, I, mean, I, I just feel like you can't – like, you have to make him speak for himself. 
that, I, I guess, what's your thoughts? Yeah, and I don't know. I don't know the behind-the-scenes part of this, but you're obviously going to put the head coach up there. Oh, yeah. And you're going to ask him questions because he's the guy in charge. But then it's like, I mean, they obviously put players up there, but who do you Sometimes. even ask today? I mean... Like, because defense are guys, like, what are you going to ask them? Like, they're not going to throw their teammates under the bus Correct, and vocally. you're going to put the guys out there that have been trained to know how to handle the press. So it's seniors, but even today, it's like you can put out Hutch because, like, statistically had a good game, but, like, when you're yelling with your quarterback, I don't know if that's the guy you want out there. I don't know. There seems to be a lot of arguing compared to past years, and a lot of that is it's a young team. They're still trying to figure things out. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, there's just a lot going on now, and you don't get a break coming up at all. So it's just you got to try to prevent the season from unraveling a little bit because it's heading down a really bad direction. You're probably not going to win next week, short of a major upset. No. I mean, I've... Texas is probably going to be top ten. To be honest, their only loss is Texas Tech and Alabama, which... Well, I mean, but they're not ranked right now, so they're not going to shoot up all the way up there. They'll shoot up a little bit just because of their name. Yeah, and you know, even though Oklahoma's not playing good right now, they still smoked them. So they'll get ranked. They'll probably be top 20. But they won't get shot up right now. But, uh, yeah, you're going, in, you're going into a really tough game. I don't, you know... Of course, Brandon had to talk me out of my pick. I would have been right. Um, but, no, I like, the reason, like, ultimately, if you guys listen to that K-State preview, I started off by picking K-State, and then Brandon was talking about, you know, the atmosphere. He didn't see Matt going on through. I'm like, yeah, you're right. Let's go, Iowa State. But the reason I said I didn't, that the reason I ultimately picked K-State was, like, this team in Big 12 play hasn't given me a reason to pick them. And now we're dealing with a lot more than on the field. It's getting a little past that. When your coach is going after the fan base, we're hitting a different level right now. And going when we say going after the fan base, that's in comparison to his past self. Yeah. He's not Scott Frost. Yeah. Going after players in the fan base. It's not that bad yet. And you no. hope it doesn't get to that point, and I don't think it will. He's a professional. I don't think it's going to get to that point where he's throwing players on the bus, and that's the ultimate thing where you start seeing everything's unraveling we might as well make a change but I mean obviously you're three and three it's not completely the end of the world but it, the season's slipping out of your fingers a little bit yeah um I don't know if there's a whole lot more to cover um but yeah I feel like uh, he's not gonna fire someone mid-season nor should he at this point no but it's also like you don't want to, like, take Manning out, but, like, can you have, like, I don't I don't think you can do that. I mean, not that it's, like, against the rules. I just don't think you'll end up doing this. But, like, get a guy like Sheil Hassey's input. Or maybe, like, Kempt. Like, Kempt works with Deckers. Um, Sheil Hassey is really familiar. He played quarterback, like I said, at Illinois. He, um, which, I guess the one thing to make us better, us and I were both 3-3, three and three, but... Um, like he knows the receivers, he knows the running backs, and the running backs are a big issue right now. Not like putting that on him; it's not him, but like he knows these guys. Kemp knows Deckers. Like, and I'm sure they get input, but it, it almost feels like have a sit down meeting with your quarterbacks coach, Kyle Kemp, 
Nate Shieldhouse, Matt Campbell, Tom Manning, and you need to figure something out. I'm not sitting here saying, like, obviously I'd, I want to win so bad at this point. I don't think it comes next week. But I'm also like, can you put up some touchdowns? I, I don't want to get railed by Texas next week. That puts it in a whole different level. Like, losing these close games sucks. And obviously the defense is like, uh, what more can we do for you? I guess, I guess we can score a touchdown, but you're asking a lot. And that's it. You mentioned it. That's the obvious way to go after this game is all man. Texas is going to destroy us. And, and not, I'm not to I say doubt that. It. I'm not to say like that's going to happen. I'm just saying if that does happen, this gets even worse because losing those those close ones suck. But if you get rammed, Texas isn't great, but at the same time you're down in Austin. But uh, it's it could get it could go downhill really quickly and it. At the at this point, it's just a situation where you might as well just open everything up and try different things because yeah, the season's pretty close to being done at this point. You got to win three of your last six, and a lot of them are sketchy games where it could go either way. Yeah, I think we'll give you, we can give you a short little preview. Um, obviously, we're gonna be in a different spot just considering how this team has looked the last three weeks, but. Um, I think there's two games where it's like, yeah, there's no shot, and that's next week in Stillwater on November 11th. Um, and then it's like, well, you need three to make a bowl game, and you have three at home. So ultimately, if you want to like, win your games at home, um, and going into tonight, I was talking, like, me, me and Bray were talking as we were waiting a lovely two hours in the stadium just with no cell service, <laughs> just to uh, watch the game because we wanted good seats. Um, not complaining. I totally am. But, no. I asked Brandon, I was like, I mean, do you think this team makes a bowl game? Because I'm, I'm, I was a little worried coming into tonight. I'm like... Before the game, yes, now... But no. even like like when he said, he's, he was kind of like, I mean, I think we probably win three of four. No matter, Even if like we won tonight, he was like, you said like, you probably could lose to Oklahoma. Like, any of them. He was just like, Three of four. I can see Iowa State winning three of four. Um, so now, well, you got to win three of three home games because, like, TCU is still a little – we don't know a whole lot about TCU, but still going – you're at, like, just win your three home games, get to six and six. Don't make this any worse than it needs to be. Get to the postseason. Um, it's not going to be fun being in, like, the Birmingham Bowl or wherever we're going to be. But at the end of the day, Can you even go to the Birmingham Bowl. <laughs> well, my dad was looking. He said that like that's that was like a spot we projected, and oh, that's no. only that's only because the Big Twelve has, unless like we don't make one. If like if we make one, we'll probably have like ah, this might be a stretch, but eight to nine teams that make a bowl game. Um. So the combination of probably you can maybe throw K State in the mix now because they're three and zero. And but, or five and one. They just need one more. But to get to bowl eligible. But in terms of like your upper notch bowls, a combination of probably at this point now you can say Okie State, Texas, Baylor, K State is going to a combination of the Sugar, Alamo, Cheez It, Texas. Those four teams are probably ending up somewhere on that area. Um, and then it's kind of down to will Oklahoma make a bowl game? Yes. Oh, wow, that was bad. Yes, they will. And that's just, they're not going to go 
winless in conference. That's no. not going to happen. And it's like at this point, okay, well, Kansas is going to make a bowl game unless they go winless. Well, which could happen. I mean, if, I, at this point, they have to beat uh, Tech. They'll beat somebody else the rest of the year. Probably, probably. But um, either way, um, Oklahoma is probably looking Memphis-y. And then um, Tech slash Kansas is probably looking at the what's it called? Quick it's lane. the one in Phoenix. Is it quick lane or no? No, it's it was what the Cheez It Bowl used to be. I don't know. West Virginia and Minnesota played in it last year. I'm blanking on the name. Guaranteed rate. Yes, that that's your one. So there's your six. Is we that need six? Some easier names for bowl games. Yeah. First of all. Enough of the sponsorship. Yeah, just make a good name. <laughs> um, but either way. Those are your six Big 12 Bulls. So then if Iowa State gets 6-6, six and six, they'll just get thrown into a really crappy um, at-large bowl where you're going to play probably like a team from like the Mountain West or something like that. Green Wave. No, we're not going to get American. That's too good for us. Um, no, but at this point, if I, 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 I still want to make a bowl game, obviously. Um, but you're going to get a really poopy one. You're not even going to make a Big 12 Bowl, which is just really bad, but... At this point, I just want to get there. Um, and this team has the talent to get there. Um, they've got the coaching. They've got the veterans. I mean, I do think going into Oklahoma, Iowa State's 3-4, and 0-4 oh in conference play. Um, I think the locker room's probably damaged a lot. I, I, maybe not a lot. Eh, I don't know. Um, it's going to be a rough final, I guess you could say final six, because I don't think we're winning next week, but I don't know. You got to find a way to go 50, 50%. You were 50% through the first six. You just got to find a way to go 50%. The last six, unfortunately, you don't have Southeast Missouri State and Ohio. Yep, and that's the main difference. I mean, at this point, it's more about us than it is the opponent. Yeah. It doesn't really matter who we're playing at this point if we can't put up more than nine points. Yeah, we're I agree. not going to beat anybody. Maybe West Virginia. I don't know. I mean... The Big 12, every single team is so similar. Everybody can beat everybody. Yeah. It's just, it could be a complete bloodbath at the end of the year, and you just don't want to be the team that ends up on the outside, in, on the outside looking in. And that, probably my prediction at this point, is 5-7. and seven. Yeah, they probably just barely miss it. And then you're going to look back at tonight, and you're going to look back at last week. Um, I'm sure there's probably going to be that. The, the other game we drop, it'll yeah, probably be a one-score. We're never going to get to a point where we're beating teams by 20-plus. You're always going to have close games at Iowa State. Um, so that's not. this is anything new. It's just like when you do – if you do ultimately miss a bowl game, you're going to sit here and be like nights like tonight and days like last week when your defense holds their opponents to 14-10, and 10, you can't lose. So. You can't lose your first two games in conference at home. No, that's, that's a major really issue, bad. and that can't happen, especially here. We have the fan support. It's not like we're UCLA that leaves the Rose Bowl completely empty. I mean, we're showing up every game. Environment was as good as you could ask it to be when we don't score a touchdown today. The loudest we could be for it was... I think the loudest moment of the game was Jace's first make. Actually, yeah, you're And that right. was more of a sarcastic cheer. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's you got to win your next couple games at home and those are the ones that you look at that are the easiest right now is Oklahoma looks terrible Tech isn't great and West Virginia isn't great so if you just pick up those three 
and then maybe you look at somewhere else, but at this point it's just get to six. That's the main goal, and that's all you're really looking at the rest of the season. Yeah, I think coming into the year, I was feeling like this could be a team that could reload. I feel like they've been close to doing that. Ultimately, they're not doing it. Um, It is more of a rebuild, unfortunately. Um, I'm just hoping these young guys get the experience. I feel bad for guys like Hutch and Orion Vance and Will McDonald and Anthony Johnson and Trevor Downing and the guys who have been here and decided to come back because they believed in this team. Uh, and they've a lot of those guys have, over these past couple games have really done their best to give this team wins. And unfortunately, um, we just kind of put it in the hands of young guys. Um, and they're the guys that have to step up in the locker room when it gets shaky. Yeah. And I, I'm more than confident in guys like Orion Vance and Anthony Johnson, for sure, that are going to do everything they can. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Next week is going to be interesting. I don't know <laughs> what practice is like, what this locker room's like. Oh, we've, brought these, we've brought these points up a little bit. It's just very, like, doubt is creeping in now. Yeah. Probably. I mean, it's got to. You're 0-3. Everybody knows it. Everybody's thinking the same thing. It's just who steps up and says it and who is willing to make a change. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know what, what, what that is. Um, offensively, um, I guess we'll, we'll make some re- recap predictions. Manning's not getting fired. There's not going to be a change at offense coordinator. I think we all should know that. Um, but the only thing I can hope for is, like I mentioned earlier, if they do something where it's like Matt, Tom, Shieldhouse, Kempt, quarterback coach, come together, find your strengths. Old line coach, too, needs to be included in that. I guess tight ends coach. Literally bring in like every oh, offensive <laughs> staff member. And sit down for hours and feel like, and just rewatch tape, rewatch tape, rewatch tape, and be like, what has worked, what's not working. Figure out the best ways to evade pressure in the best ways possible. Figure out the best ways to make your runs less obvious. Figure out the best ways to implement that. Because, I mean, they're going to take shots every now and then, but it's not going to be enough. They're going to stick to the short game. So figure out the best ways to make the short game work with your quarterback and your receivers. Um, they just got to figure out a plan. Um, I think we're both in the same spot. We don't see them winning next week. Um, not saying it's not possible. It's definitely possible, and you've seen this. You've seen Iowa State in a similar situation a couple times, not in the exact same situation where you're 0-3 in conference, but you've seen us 1-3 going up against a team we shouldn't win, and then suddenly everything clicks. And Yeah, I mean, 18, you say that's a perfect example. 1-3, you go into Stillwater, and... Enter Brock Purdy, and they rip off five in a row, and they end eight and four. And go to the, the kind, Alamo. Yeah, that's the kind of major spark we're going to need at this point. It it's not going to be a quarterback change, and I don't think there's like really a player where you're sitting here like, let's make a change at this position because at the end of the day, it's more of a position group, not a specific player. Uh, it was very much easier to like go at Zeb Nolan because he just wasn't good. <laughs> but like, <laughs> he looked a lot like Decker's like looked like today. Yeah. So like, but they're the, like, I guess they took a shot on a true freshman. So I, I, I just doubt they ever pulled Deckers for Rocco. And I'm not sitting here asking for that to happen, but figure out the best, like figure out your best combination of linemen. Um, Simmons has had plenty of rough spots. Yeah. Um, the tackles have not been good. 
I think your only two linemen, I don't know like pressures that they've given up, but I can imagine Downing and Hufford are the only two guys that have been like solid. Um, so I don't know. Figure out your set of receivers, how to play to their strengths, how to get them open. Um, they need to sit down and figure out the best thing possible. Haycock, sit back, do what you keep doing. Defense, keep doing what you're doing. Uh, thank you for continuing to give this team shots to win ball games at some point. Um, a change has got to be made within the offense. I don't know what that is. I don't know if it's staff. I don't know if it's a group. But you're out of time. Yep, you're midway through the season. The time to make major changes is kind of past. Yeah. And unfortunately, you don't have a bye week this week to try to implement something like we saw in 17 with the three-man front. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that you can really change at this point because yeah. you're too far into the season. But, I mean, something has to change, and you're just kind of stuck. Mm-hmm. I don't know what else, other way to put it. So, I don't know. That was a long episode. <laughs> if you're here, I don't know what else to say, but thank you. Um, 29 days until basketball season. Yeah, he's the way to say that one. We're definitely in a different spot because, you know, we both like both sports, but I have a... He loves basketball more, and I love football more. We both have, like, a strong passion for both. Um, But I think I'm taking this one a little bit more than he is. He's kind of like, I've got a season on the horizon. It's easier when you have a season right in front of you. After basketball, it's kind of like, well, you got a six-month gap. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm-hmm. Especially when neither of us are huge baseball guys, so we're just kind of waiting for football. we don't have a baseball team. Yeah. God. Um, But, yeah. Um... I don't know. I really hope um, Manning has to face the press in some sort of way this week. Doubt it. It's not going to happen, but we can hope, and we can hope for changes and try to stay as optimistic as possible going forward. But at the end of the day, you're looking at a really tough one next week, and we'll get into that more later in the week. Mm -hmm. But I I don't know. I think for the big part, I think everyone's sinking it. There's a very high chance Iowa State's three and four going into their bye, which is more than nerve-wracking. We've never been in this situation. Um, 17 was unexpected, from, but from that point on, we're kind of like, uh, a bowl game has kind of been an expectation. Yeah, then reasonably so. I mean, Campbell's proven it over and over. Even losing a quarterback one year with Kempt, I mean, we find ways to win games, and I... I don't know. I just don't see it with this team for whatever reason. And hopefully they prove us wrong, but I don't know. Something needs to change, and unfortunately I'm not seeing an obvious option right now. No. Well, you guys, like I said, if you're somehow here, uh, big thanks. Um, we know not a ton of people listen, so if you're even – like once, like one, you're listening, and two, if you're this far, um, nothing but absolute thanks – you're dealing with two depressed college kids at one in the morning right now. <laughs> um, if that just shows you, we're not tired either right now. We're like, at least me. Are you tired? I'm still fired up about the game, honestly. And I'm not going to sleep for a while. The only reason I really want to end is because I've been shaking my legs. I got a bathroom so bad. So I'll wrap it up. Um, if you guys don't already follow us on Twitter at Side of the Storm, uh, try to post additional content. Let you guys know when podcasts are out. Um, outside of that, hopefully Iowa State makes a change. 
Um, it's needed. I just want a bowl game. Um, I don't know. I think that's all I got. You got anything else? I'm good. All right. Well, until next time, you guys, roll clones.